0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is mannequin and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we well, your Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics!
1: Hello, Ward. Happy Halloween, Eric. That's right. It is Halloween when we're recording this. Of course, it will not be when you are listening to this. I thought about that. You know, are people
0: kind of over it by the time they're listening? But I'm sorry. It's Halloween today. Right
1: now, my favorite day of the year. So it is. I'm, you love Halloween, right? It's the best. Okay. Um. What are you, you dressing up? Will you dress up and go trick or treating? I feel like I have to defend Halloween just a little bit as the
0: best. Okay. Because like stakes are so high at Christmas and I, I, lo- I mean, don't get me wrong. Love me some Christmas. It's the only other holiday in the conversation, but that it's, there's less emphasis on needing to get shit for other people. Of course. I, here's just a big bag of candy to any kid that comes by. Enjoy. And now we're all going to get dressed up as a family, which we all love doing, though. This is the first year we're not doing like a group family costume. What are you? Um, I'm going to be going out trick or treating as
1: Orville Peck. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. 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 What is Annie?
0: Uh Annie, who as you know had some surgery on her face this week. Scarface. Scar that is that would be great. Uh but uh you're in the right ballpark. She's going as a plastic surgery patient. So while she did have to have plastic surgery it was for a medical condition um and she did get her stitches out today so that's good but she's gonna have me draw like all the lines on the face like she she's getting a facelift with like bloody gauze so she's really leaning into the reality of her situation is she going
1: with giant boobs huge giant breasts but so am i yeah yeah what about a butt implant
0: um, well, we couldn't afford it on this go around.
1: <laughs> uh, very good. I, uh, since being a child, uh, have dressed up one time for Halloween in my adult life. We know and, how that went. Yes, that was last year where I dressed as a squid game uh, officer or guard. Mm -hmm. was it a guard yeah it was one of the guards yep and that's when i fell off my porch ripped the outfit ass to elbow and uh, sprained my ankle and caused me great pain and discomfort and flash forward a year later and same thing i've got a bum leg i mean so halloween is not treating me all that well but happy halloween by the way i will go back to to your defense of halloween while while i I am with you on the, the, the stakes of other holidays. There's just so much pressure. Mm -hmm. It's why Thanksgiving is my favorite Mm. because then there's still like, I feel pressure in my neighborhood. Oh, I was going to tell you this last week and now I will tell it to you this week across the street from me. Yeah. Are people that are so, I mean, they take Halloween like it's real. Like it is all Hollows Eve. And and they also take it as a way to sp- spout political messaging. So don't don't mix, don't mix the don't, two. Well, but I gotta tell it's great. So my neighborhood is when I moved in, before I moved in, neighbors would come over and see me at the house before I moved in, They're like, hey, you know you've got to decorate for Halloween. So it's one of those neighborhoods. Uh-huh. So I do feel pressure, a lot of pressure on even just handing out candy. And I don't We don't decorate crazy, but across the street, they are doing the Salem witch trials. Ooh, that's so they have three witches that look real on crucifixes, basically. Wow. I mean, but then there is a light show that is timed with music. It's like on a loop, like a Uh like a five-minute thing. And they've been running it every night. For the last two weeks. <laughs> what, what, what's the cutoff? Like 930. Yeah. Okay. It's so annoying. It can is you, so. Can but you the hear music, like, what, Yeah. I can't tell. I think it's Billie Eilish. Actually, oh, okay. I think it's Billie Eilish music. But mixed in are sound bites from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> about a woman's right to choose about women's rights have look i'm not getting into the political messaging here but they they are and so it's this scary witch thing and they're basically saying that that's what's happening today and they have ruth bader ginsburg shouting at you and as you walk up to their house they have documents throughout like as you walk up with the history of the Salem witch trials and Ruth Bader Ginsburg's biography. And I mean, it's nuts. It is nuts. That has no place in Halloween. I don't think so. I,
0: I do love going to your general area, though. We haven't done it this year, and I guess we, we're going to miss it. We should have done it this weekend where there's some entire blocks and streets over there and close to where the kids yes. go to school that that are, are unbelievable. You know that it's people in production design and art decoration who just have been building up these incredible incredible displays for years that, like, you know, look, we've we've got a skeleton on our roof. We do a nice job inside. But it's like when you look at that stuff, you're like, these people are professionals. They're professional
1: Halloweens. They
0: may need professional help.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's no doubt. No doubt about that. All right, before we get started, because there's a lot to cover, let's pay homage to the people that help fund this high-priced operation. Please, by all means. Because we are.
0: more Powered by Mwah!
1: <laughs> dum,
0: dum, dum. Communitycars.com Sponsor of the pod, Ujah Hysterix. Communitycars.com Ujah Legends talk with Ward and Eric
1: fade out i love we should have had straight no chaser do a halloween version of community cars for next year and say hey guys we're gonna drop it on november 1st it'll be great (laughs) it'll be great it'll be great uh look we read last week a message that we got from a, a fan who listens to the podcast who lives in cincinnati who went to get a car in Cincinnati and hated the experience they were having with dealerships in Cincinnati and decided, you know what? I hear these two idiots talk about community cars all the time. I'm going to give those guys a call and let's just see. They did the whole negotiation over email. They Community cars offered to deliver them the car in Cincinnati. They said, no, they wanted to come to Bloomington to get it, use it as an excuse to get to Bloomington. They walked in, they dropped off their old keys. They picked up the new keys and they walked out of the place and said, thank you. They had an unbelievable experience. Everybody at community cars took care of them. They got the car they wanted at the best possible price and left and left that whole experience thinking we got to do this again, if we ever get a new car. So there's nothing more we can say. Communitycars.com, it's the best place to go to get a car. No
0: matter how badly and inappropriately we've butchered our improvised reads for community cars, their their quality of service and of product is so superior, people still find their way to do it after hearing us just just stumble through these reads. And this is another example. When we said last week, you reading that man's email was the best possible read we could do for community cars. We've proved it again here today.
1: Yes. I mean, it's not a high bar. It's
0: not no, a high no, bar to clear. No, 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 no. But to, to his credit, I thought he put that together very
1: succinctly and and covered all the bases. All right. So uh, let's touch on IU football. So. The best part of the best, (laughs) (laughs) the best part of this weekend was there was no IU football game. What a relief it was. I didn't have the impending. Oh, I'm going to waste three and a half hours. I'm going to be upset watching it. I'm going to be frustrated because that's where this season has gone quickly. And uh, and now we get ready for Penn State. Wait. and, And yet somehow it was still a terrible week for IU football,
0: even without playing as we have the news of, of cam campers ACL.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe the best player on the team, you know, who, yeah. who goes out. I mean, probably cam Jones is the best player on the team and he went out with an injury and who knows when, or if he'll come back this year, he's a NIL ambassador for the collective and we love the guy, but what a shame. I also think he may have, if, if I think he played too much to call a redshirt. shirt, uh, which sucks, I think. Um, but look, here's the thing on football. And we love Tom Allen. And we we do. We love him. And we want nothing but the best. And you and I talked about this like seven weeks ago. And you, you, you uh, took a different uh, perspective than I did. But in his press conference today for the upcoming football game against Penn State, uh-huh. he was asked who the starting quarterback will be. And he said, You'll just have to wait till Saturday. What if it's Sam Ellinger? <laughs> um, look, I hate it. I, I just think it's rinky dink. I do. I think it shows where we are as a program. And part of me thinks if you want to be it, act like it. And big programs don't do this. They don't play these kinds of games. You know who your starting quarterback is. Say who your starting quarterback is. Believe me it's not going to impact your ability to beat Penn State. Um, but he's he's doing that. He thinks it helps them gain an advantage. I, I'm very torn on who the quarterback should be. I mean, it's clear Connor Bazelak isn't good, right? Right. Yeah. But it's also hard to judge because he's got an offensive line that is scary, speaking of Halloween. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure not having any time in the pocket has impacted him and and made him jittery. But the backup's... What are you going to do? You're going to put in a guy who already said he's transferring? I mean, that's uh, weird. Yeah, I mean,
0: look, in a season like this where you're just you're grasping at straws to save it and and I think most There's people no saving are it. Yeah, well, well, look, you cannot as the leader of a program say the season's over, we can't get it. To a bowl game, because as long as there's three games left and they have okay. three wins fair, you have got to be determined to win those games. And I think if you're Tom Allen, you're, you know, you're, you're just putting whoever you can, who isn't out for the season already on the field that if you think gives you the best chance of winning. There is no tanking in college football.
1: Okay. Fair. That's fair. I would argue you, you saw it through the spring. Through fall practice, Jack Tuttle wasn't good enough to be the starting quarterback. You brought in Connor Bazelak as a transfer to be the starting quarterback. Of course, he hasn't performed well. The the entire team hasn't performed well. And there are many pieces of the team that impact Connor Bazlack's performance, namely the offensive line and wide receivers who have dropped a ton of passes. Now, he's missed a ton, too. No doubt about it. Yeah. But. Jet Tuttle wasn't good enough to beat out counter baseline. And then you have the young kid, uh, Dexter Williams, who may end up being good at some point, but clearly isn't ready on any level. And we saw what happens when you put in a quarterback who wasn't ready last year when Donovan McCauley took over and was horrific as quarterback. Yeah, Yeah, he was so bad. They stopped playing him at quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it just, if if I'll buy your argument that you do what you can to win, there is no way you can make the argument that Dexter Williams is the best chance for Indiana to win now. There is no way. And it may hurt his development.
0: Well, and and look, there is no way for us to say that because it's like, we've seen a grand total of what? Eight examples of mostly what Connor can do, and and a little bit of of Dexter, and and no, I don't think we we haven't
1: seen Dexter at all.
0: No, uh, Tuttle. Um, Tuttle, Tuttle, yeah. I'm sorry, you know, and and going back, but with the practices every day, and and even to a large degree when the lights are on, and you know you got four or five thousand people packing into Memorial Stadium, uh, that was an attendance. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> that like okay uh, connor's showing out in practice clearly he's better than jack but at this point when you're like well this definitely isn't gonna work and maybe jack now it's a swan song he's gonna go out with nothing to lose he's been showing up better in practice you know i mean we don't know those things and and i've well, got no, we don't but if he was, he would have played already. No, but but I'm saying even, let's say, in these last three, four weeks, if, like, okay. Jack makes the announcement and suddenly he's playing uh, with a weight off his shoulders and he's just slinging it around in practice, maybe the coaches are like, well, shit, what do we got to lose? Maybe maybe okay. this will carry over to the games. I'm playing devil's advocate yeah, here, no, but I, I guess my point I is it. I would definitely trust Tom Allen and his information
1: more than you or me, which is, again, a low bar. But Yeah, no, I would, too, which is why all the evidence pointed to Connor Bazelak being the quarterback. He is capable of making big throws. I mean, we've seen that. The guy's got a good arm. But it's consistency. No, no, but but that's why he's at Indiana. (laughs) That's why Jack Tuttle's at Indiana. That's why Dexter Williams committed to Indiana. Like, we aren't good. So like the bar does have to be adjusted somewhat. And Dexter Williams has been the third string quarterback on this team. I just, I worry that if he's making a move, it's because he feels the pressure and he's not making it because of the reasons you laid out. Because it does seem like Connor Bayslack played in the sec last year and put up good stats. He was big. He was sec freshman of the year, you know, like he's got some talent. And by the way, he also has another year of eligibility, So don't you need to see as much as you can to see, do you have to dump them at the end of this year? I mean, potentially, and who
0: knows what's going on behind the scenes, but I think that's where you, you, if let's say you're like, okay, now it's mathematically impossible to get to a bowl game. Now the focus becomes next season.
1: Fine. Fine with that. Right. We're not there yet.
0: We're not there yet. We may be very soon, but, but when we get to that point, then it's like, who do I think is my best chance at being my best quarterback next year, and if they think maybe it's like Dexter, will throwing him into the deep end of the pool this year, help his development or hurt it? And that's why, that's why they get give, Coach Allen gets paid uh, millions $5 million of dollars a
1: year? Yeah. and I think that's the real question. Could it potentially hurt him? I think it did hurt Donovan McCulley. I do. He got worse as the year went on, you know, um, And we don't have a good offensive line. So he's going to be scrambling and running. And when you're scrambling and running as a quarterback, look what happens.
0: Yeah. Well, and and that is because look, all you have to do is look right up the road in Indy. They bench Matt Ryan and they bring in Sam. Sam knows the playbook backward and forward. And by all, all measures, he's improved like his mechanics and his arm strength and all this stuff. But, with a garbage offensive line, his mobility is such a huge upgrade in just, like, one, being able to survive as a human being when the pocket is collapsing around you. And then being able to really get positive yardage with your feet or just to scramble outside of the pocket and buy yourself a few extra seconds to find somebody down the field. So if they're looking at, like, this offensive line, it doesn't matter who the coach is. It ain't getting better this year well, maybe Dexter, and I really don't know anything about Dexter as a player, but if any of those three quarterbacks has more mobility than the other two, that could be a good argument for him.
1: It could. What worries me about it is, like you said, couch football is is different than professional football. With the Colts, one, they were 3-3-1 three, three, and one going into that game, right? They are still in the thick of the playoff hunt there. There is a possibility of making the playoff And were. and – you do have to figure out who your quarterback is in the NFL going forward. And Matt Ryan is not the quarterback going forward. Right. Could Sam be don't know. Let's put him out and see. Still. We think we can compete. It's not like Matt Ryan was lighting it on fire consistently. We can compete to try to make the playoffs and get him valuable time and see if he's our quarterback going forward. Or do we have to go all in on, on the draft and make trades and do what we have to do with this? It's a little different. And I do worry Dexter Williams hasn't played at all at the division one college level and put him on like little things. Like he doesn't know how to slide. He, he doesn't understand the speed of the game. You know?
0: Well, I think, I think he can learn. I think sliding is something you can learn. I don't know, man.
1: You look at some of these guys in the pros, even like Tua, he doesn't know how to slide. Well, I I mean, I'm just saying you're putting a guy in who's a scrambler. Yeah. With a shitty offensive line. Yeah. My gut is that his instinct is going to be run, 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 and when you run, 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 and don't have the savvy of experience to like feel where guys are, sure, you could get hurt bad. And if yeah. he gets hurt in a couple games that are meaningless, how did that help you going forward in the off season? Uh, no,
0: no, I mean, like, in, I, you can't, you can't not play somebody, I think, because you're afraid they're going to get hurt. Because they don't they don't know how to slide. I don't think that really factors in. And look, I could my son in our house can slide like you're supposed to as a quarterback. He gets rug burned, but like it's not a difficult
1: skill to master. And you say that, but pros have trouble sliding. If their mind isn't a slide, they don't slide. Yeah, I, I I think you
0: got to coach them harder if they can't. I mean, and look, you could say that cost Andrew Luck some of his career because he, right. if that was just how he was mentally made up was to like just smash into a dude and it, you know, ruptured his spleen once. So
1: I, I don't look. I, I just worry about ruining a kid before you even give him a real shot. Like yeah, if no, Dexter it's, it's, Williams is the answer then let him do spring ball, you know, let him go through all that as the starter. Yeah. With the ones. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Let him get a feel for it a little bit more before you throw him to the wolves in a season that is dead where like human nature is that these guys aren't, I'm sorry. I just don't think that their minds are in it the way they were in week one. Well, and
0: like when you have Penn States and Ohio States coming up, I yes. mean, that is terrifying. Even, even if you took an average Indiana line, you're like, wow, oh, this is going to be horrific. Uh, but this year, it's going to be a bloodbath.
1: Right. All right, so let's move on to Flip from Football and talk about the most exciting thing going on right now, <sighs> which is the beginning of the IU basketball season, and it kicked off in earnest, I would say, with an exhibition game. This last weekend against Marion, we watched the game together. We did a, a halftime hullabaloo about it, but we have not talked since the game. Uh, taking some time to digest everything you saw. I watched the game two more times, by the way, because <laughs> there's nothing else to watch. Uh, wh- what do you take from it? What do you caution yourself to not get too excited about?
0: Well, it's all with the huge caveat, this was against an NAIA program. That is good, but is considerably less talented than uh, our second team. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. So um, you, you want to see us basically be able to do whatever we want, and that was largely the case. So generally speaking, we did what we needed to do to feel like, okay, everything we're hoping for is still on the table, but we talked about this uh, uh, off the Twitter spaces, and I believe on the spaces, but the fact that you didn't have two of your main rotation guys, one of your starters and trace, it was going to get us a little more time to look at the guys we haven't got to look at yet. And I think everybody's in agreement that Jalen and Malik are as advertised And then even with somebody like Logan, who, um, look, people uh, have been, you know, Trace included, talking him up here recently in the offseason. But to see him go out there, look bigger, look confident, have a nice touch and get 11 and 11. It's like, again, like that's you just want to see that these guys have improved in terms of the guys like, well, we barely saw Logan last year. And for him to like, just getting on the court is improvement, even against a lesser opponent in an ex- exhibition time. And then for him to do well, because again, I think the coaches have started with this, starting with coach Woodson is preaching confidence, but nothing's going to breed confidence in, in a player like Logan, like actually getting out there and seeing the ball go through the hoop or bringing down a bunch of boards.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Before the game, you and I talked about that, obviously, we were most excited about seeing Jalen and Malik. And their debuts couldn't have gone better. I mean, they... Delightful. Jalen just carries himself like a pro. I mean, enjoy it while we got it. Because he just looks different. Malik, again, I think looked great. But as I watched more, I did caution myself, like, he was making moves on guys that are bad basketball players. And and I think that some of that stuff is going to get snuffed out real quick against good talent. And there were also some times on defense where you could see, you can't do that, dude, against good players. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can't commit like that. You got to wall up and be strong. And so we'll see how he progresses. But, I mean, the debut couldn't have gone better. He clearly has tremendous skill. Yeah. Clearly. The, the thing that bothered me the most in subsequent airings, and it bothered me when we watched it and we talked about it, was I was really looking forward to seeing Jalen and X driving and dishing to the wings, specifically to Miller cop, and seeing wide open threes come out of our half court. That didn't really happen. No, um, you just know, for race yeah who I looked at those threes too. I think one was definitely on an out of bounds play where they just left him, and he was the outlet under okay. the basket, and mm-hmm. it went to him, and the guy didn't go out to him. The other was on a pick and roll where the guy did not go out and guard him. You know, so it was like, I don't know how many of those will be available to race, but his shot looked great for sure well it's
0: but, and it's tantalizing because if 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 even you know. 18 feet out, he can draw his guy away from Trace and Trace is down there operating in space. That is scary for the other
1: team. And look, Race Thompson, the last 16 games of last year, shot 42.7% from three. The last half of the year, he shot over 40%. Do I think he's an over 40% three-point shooter? No. But if he's 34 35 which I think is feasible he was 27 overall last year after starting the year awful and finishing the year great so if he improves which I think is to be expected I think him in the low to mid 30s is totally feasible and that is enough to get somebody uh to guard him out there and at least pay attention totally but I want to see in the next exhibition game and then Moorhead State I do want to see us create more wide open threes from the half court. I want to see Miller get more open looks. He took two shots in the exhibition game, didn't play a lot, made both of them. So I want to see that uh, more, but damn, it's exciting to just have Indiana basketball back.
0: That was it. Just showing up at your house and seeing them out there on the court and the candy stripes, getting ready to go. It was like, I can't believe we're here.
1: We, we, We don't, we don't have to just talk about it. There yes. it is. <laughs> there it is, and so really excited about that. My guess is they keep Trace out this next exhibition game as well. I sure. think the feeling is why, why yeah. if it's not a hundred percent, we're pretty confident after three years of Trace, we know that he knows where to be and yeah. what he has to offer. Mm-hmm. Let's wait till we actually need him and and games count. So that would be my guess. Tomorrow, I think is a different story. I think tomorrow needs the minutes. For so sure. if he can go, I think they go with him, but we'll see. I mean, they, these are exhibition games, but I'm excited as hell to see the next one. Um, my my that-
0: one, my one thought, because I it's even even as this much hype season is underway, cannot ever completely get away from thinking about recruiting. And they've uh, they've offered this Malachi Moreno, and just I think about like maybe some sort of graph chart of of the number of scholarship offers for 2023 and then the way it just shoots up just shoots up to the sky on 24 and 25 and and we'll see how we can hold down the fort next year when i mean it's gonna be a huge turnover and with somebody like malik in the mix and maybe scoop coming along and trey both getting point guard minutes in practice there's a way to keep from there being too much of a drop off but It's hard to imagine the 24 and 25 classes that, you know, we go like, oh, for 60 or how many scholarship (laughs) offers are out there by now. It's it's overwhelming the number of top level five star and high four star guys who seem to be glad to get a scholarship offer from Indiana. Yeah,
1: yeah, Uh, yeah, it is. I think you're right. We're not going to go for 60. But could you go o for 10 for the top 25 kids? Yeah, you know, you could. And and so I think we have to see what happens there because, you know, there's guys like Raleigh Burgess who's ranked in the hundreds, you know, that I think we're in pretty good shape with, right. you know, there's Caleb Williams who, by the way, visited Michigan, Maryland's on him. Like he's getting some attention, but he's in the hundreds. Like does the class get built on those guys or do you get a couple top end guys like you did with Malik and, and Jalen, and and we talked about this at the end of last year, and and with Archie, we talked about this. We are at a talent deficiency overall. We were, and we continue to be. Now, I think this year, this specific year, you mix the talent that we brought in with Malik and Jalen with the experience and talent, and you you yep. even brought this up on a text chain mm-hmm. the experience. But then throw in Trace, who's got the talent and experience, and and you've got this unique combo that is usually what you see in final four teams yeah you know granted we don't have the three-point shooting you know so we're gonna have to see how that plays out but the combo of elite young talent like Jalen and Malik coming off the bench with elite older guys like Trace and then really freaking solid guys like Race yeah and X we think will be there and Miller a really good role player it's a really interesting um combo but you do need those high level guys. And our recruiting class for this season ended up being like, depending on the service, nine, 10, or 11. Okay. So let's call it, it was the 10th ranked class in a, the country. A top 10 class. Okay. But I do think, Ward, there's a huge difference between a top 10 class and a top three class.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, it's, you got to w- w- walk before you run. And fair, and, and just to get up into that that second tier behind the North Carolina Kentucky Kansas, you know, I don't know Villanova Gonzaga, who's there right now, yeah um but yeah okay Ukraine. great we're we're there, we're in that pack now, but yes,
1: that's my point, though, yeah. we're taking a step back in twenty three yes like even if we get a little lucky, we are taking a pretty big step back in recruiting. 24 has got to return to a top ten class, in my opinion. I see
0: it playing out as Woody is going to have two pushes at a national championship this year, and if he can pull together 24 and 25 in 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 top five classes, and and I haven't even kind of imagined who the older guys are on the team who are contributing that far down. It would, you know, I Malik. mean Malik, Malik probably Logan. Malik's probably gone by
1: 25 maybe we'll see I mean Malik is an interesting guy because he's not super athletic right and usually the NBA likes those super athletic guys but I think look I think Malik is definitely here for two years and I think it's reasonable that he's here for three
0: yeah so so but like that that and you know not that Woody couldn't have other great teams beyond that but to think he's going to go much beyond say like 26 or 27 when the 25 and 26 or 24 and 25 classes will be ready to go i sort of feel like okay it's going to be this year and then we got to get it figured rebuilt. out next year and then like really hopefully, land some of those dudes that like now and you know hey here we are th- you know four years from now and we're like here we go again this is going to be a special team
1: yeah and when you think about like twenty four, twenty five, hopefully like Tamar Bates could be an upperclassman there if he sticks around, if he doesn't have the giant leap forward and he could be a star in 24, yep. 25, you know, th- then you Malik is a star in 24, 25. Logan Duncan could be there as a really solid big 10 big in 24, 25. Yeah. You know, so I agree. And then you bring in the high end talent. So we'll see how it goes. I-, I loved seeing what CJ Gunn did out there. I think yeah. that CJ gun, I love his moxie. He just plays with a swag yeah. that I love. Showed mm-hmm. some good instincts on passing the ball as well. The I lo- kid is so skimming.
0: I love the shooting. I love to see somebody out there who's been told, hey, this is – one of a couple of guys on our roster who we think is a a a shooter, an actual shooter. That's kind of like his main thing. And I liked what you said, seeing some of the intangibles, the passing. But then for him in his first game to see it go through the hoop, it's like, ah,
1: yes. Uh, And they were both, I went back and really looked at his two threes. The first one was out of the half court. The ball went into Malik. He was, oh, he got himself into position wide open on the wing. And Malik made a bad pass to him where he had to move to his right to catch it, allowed the guy to close in on him more. And he's still at six foot six. There's not guys that are going to bother him. You know, at six foot six shooting on the wing, he can get a shot off. He did with a guy in his face and drilled it. Second half one was really interesting. I'm I'm blanking now. Might have been race passing it to him. Might have been Jordan, but he had his guy kind of on skates at the three-point line. Jordan, I think it was, had the ball a little bit inside the the line, the three point line. And CJ was just running back and forth cutting and finally got the guy to bite on a fake, freed himself open just for a little window, caught the ball, went up with it. So like, he's clearly got talent and skill. I think he, his big thing is going to be, he remember that one play where he got bumped and he went like flying like four feet. Yeah, He's skinny. He's skinny. And when you're playing in the big 10, You know, you got to be able to hold your ground. So we'll see, uh, but excited for his development. All right. Indiana men's basketball has started, but there's another top 15 team in the country playing in Bloomington, and that's the IU women's basketball program, which kicks off its season, I believe, one week from today when this airs. So you got the number 11 team in the country, you got a team that's made back-to-back Sweet Sixteens. They made an Elite Eight two years ago. They went out and got a whole slew of new players, transfers, international, and freshmen, that fill needs that this team had. It is as exciting as it could be leading into this year's team, and we got the best person to talk to about
0: it. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, She's back somehow in her incredibly busy preseason schedule. She has found time to come back and join us. But who exactly is she, Eric?
1: Oh, uh, You know what? Every, we've had her on a couple times, and every time this intro gets better and better and better. Hailing from Seymour, Indiana. I'm going to skip everything because it's too long until Indiana. She is beginning her ninth season with Indiana women's basketball. She has been to four NCAA tournaments, back-to-back Sweet 16s the last two years, an Elite Eight appearance, seven consecutive 20-win seasons, a record of 172-89 and at Indiana, And God willing, and if everything stays on course, will become the all-time winningest coach at Indiana women's basketball this season. She's won 371 games overall in her 19 seasons as head coach. She has coached 42 academic All-Big Ten selections. She has coached 24 All-Big Ten honorees. Indiana received a number three seed in the tournament last year, its highest seed ever. It's the first time Indiana hosted first and second round games in the tournament in Bloomington. It was the first Big Ten title, Big Ten tournament title appearance in 20 years. All five starters last year earned all Big Ten honors. Hoosiers have spent 58 consecutive weeks ranked in the AP Top 25 poll, 42 consecutive weeks in the USA Today poll. poll. <laughs> IU, just to put this in context, IU has eight NCAA tournament wins. All time. Our guest has coached seven of them. (laughs) Indiana has eight NCAA tournament appearances all time. Our guest today has coached four of them. I've said it before, we'll say it again. She is simply the GOAT in Indiana (laughs) women's basketball. Please welcome our friend, and she likes cigars, Terry Morin. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's so good to be with you guys today. I've missed you. I've missed you.
1: We so. we have d- the same here. We we are excited every time we get to talk to you. We know you're lying when you say you missed us, but that's okay. We'll take <laughs> it. We like it.
0: Well, look, uh, Coach, you had just said that you like to start your morning off with laughter. Exactly. Usually- you're much it's much better to do that with the office but but at, at least maybe you can laugh at us instead that's right of course
2: of course. Every, every time anytime i'm around you two i know that at some point there's going to be a lot of laughter throughout
0: even if we're not shooting basketballs which is the surest way to crack you up
2: that's exactly right that's probably my favorite is watching you two try to shoot baskets so shoot, it's shoot. it's
1: good you know, it's good, like, to always have something in your mental bank that you can go to when you need, like, to cheer you up or to right. calm you down. It's good that you have a mental image of Ward Nice I shooting to just get you out of a bad spot make you laugh.
2: That is exactly right. So, um, ah. <laughs> yeah. So, you'll have to come back and we'll have to shoot some, uh, continue to work on, uh, you know,
0: the form. your shot. Yeah. The fundamentals. You know?
2: Eric. Yeah, I know you're you're uh, you're nursing a knee injury, aren't you? Or you have a little bit of a foot. Okay, so you you've been on the sidelines, huh? We we've sidelined. Yeah, a
1: a broken foot, and let's just say, when you're older and a non-athlete, the healing process sucks. (laughs) It just sucks. I mean, I thought it in the I, I broke my foot. It's been five weeks now since I broke it. And I mean, I, I still can't put any weight on it at all. I had to have surgery. But in that time, my son severely sprained his ankle. Mm. Okay. I got a call from school. He had to get picked up, could barely walk, took him to the doctor. Doctor took x-rays. I mean, it was it was like a softball on the side of his leg. I thought for sure something was messed up. He was running the next day then next he's he's 13 or no what is he 15 (laughs) and he's like running and doesn't even need any ice or anything anymore and i can't even put weight on my my foot five weeks later it's not good i don't like it but that's not why we're here (laughs) let's talk about you we are uh by the time this airs we are basically within about a week of the season starting for you uh and and a bit of a while not a total rebuild because you don't do that you reload but it is a a change let's say in in the core if you will Mm -hmm. because some of that core has moved on although some of it moved on to the bench next to you in Hallie Patberg. right um how are you feeling going into to this season where I would imagine with seven newcomers it's just a little bit of a different dynamic this season
2: oh well there's there's no doubt But I do think that uh, there's, you know, we're very optimistic um, to say the least with the, um, you know, the new faces that we have added uh, to the seven returners, Um, you know, and they're different pieces, obviously, um, you know, uh, uh, Alexa Gulbay and and Nikki and, and although Allie is in our office, but the two of the other two are not walking through that door anytime soon. So you know, I've tried not to compare them to last year's team. Uh, that's not, not fair to the, you know, the team that we have now. Um, but, um, you know, to say that um, I think we all have high expectations, uh, you know, the three that we did add, uh, of course, you know, Sid and Sarah, you know, Sarah, you know, coming from Minnesota, Sid coming from Oregon, um, Alexa Geary coming from Providence. I mean, these are veteran, you know, young ladies that have played a lot of minutes. Um, and so, uh, and then our two freshmen, you know, I don't want to forget about those two young ladies as well. Um, not two, four of them. Um, you know, t- uh, one from Finland, obviously, uh, we're excited about Yarden, uh, Garzon from, from Israel. And then, um, uh, you know, Lily and, and Lexi, you know, so this is, um, you know, these have been seven kids that have, um, you know, I don't know that it's been a smooth transition for them because, you know, it, it never is, uh, especially for the freshmen, but, um, no, I I like this team. I like the makeup of the team. I like I like what they um, I think can add to the to the Grace Burgers and the McKenzie Holmes and the Chloe More McNeils. And so, uh, yeah, I think we're very optimistic. It's it, it, here's what I will say though, and and I could be speaking. Um, I, I do think our best basketball will be, will be ahead of us. You know, there is this moment. There's a time where you have to still. Uh, and, and, and it can happen in practice. It really has to happen in live game experience uh, where you know um, whether it's trying to figure out your 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 substitution patterns or the 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 four or five or the five that play you know best together, uh, you know what can what can the other guys give us coming off the bench? can they hold serve while, you know, the, the uh, Grace Berger sits next to us for a few minutes and and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to give her more of a, a rest time than we were a year ago. You know, we've always said with Nikki and Allie and uh, Grace, you know, they've, they've, they're workhorses. They didn't need a lot of time to come over and sit next to us. Right. Um, but I don't know that, you know, the pieces that we have are like that. They're not built like that. That's not a bad thing. It's just that they're not built like that. So I do think that we'll, we'll be deeper. I think you'll see more, more different uh, faces out on the floor from time to time. But with that comes, uh, you know, a growing, you know, a growing process for us and and just getting used to one another. So, uh, but we're
0: excited. I wonder coach you have maybe an ideal way of playing basketball. You have the way the team was playing last year, but now with seven new players in the fold, how much about it is trying to take the skills that you scouted in some cases you even played against them um, and integrating them into what you want to do. And how much is it actually now that they're here on my court and I'm seeing them with my other players, Mm -hmm. adjusting what, what you want to do based on their skill sets?
2: Well, I'll say this word. I mean, what we've gained, uh, you know, we've been so great defensively, but I think what, what we've gained with the the new faces is um, I think we have more scoring power. You know, yeah. Sid, um, you know, of course, Sarah Scalia came in the hall last year and stuck seven threes on us. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think we're excited about – and not that, you know, we don't classify Allie Patberg as a great shooter or Nikki as a great shooter or Alexa as a great shooter, but – we We have gained some really um, uh, good players that are going to be able to um, you know shoot it and shoot it at a high level. and we didn't have that a year ago. You know, one of our Achilles heel heel uh, has been you know our inconsistency outside the art sure, you know we've we've been up and down. We really have, and uh, that's been very you know well documented throughout you know the last couple of years as as like I said, as good as we've been defensively. Um, and as, as great as players that we have, we just haven't found the consistency outside the three point, um, uh, three point shot. Uh, and so I think with, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, I watch them every day and, and, and it's, 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 it's fun to watch kids that, um, you know, when Grace Berger can get downhill and spray that thing out and you see that thing go in time and time again, or, you're on the sidelines and and every time Sarah shoots it, you expect it to go in. That's a good feeling to have. Uh, and said the same. You know, there's there's a great comfort in knowing and watching those kids in practice right now, thinking, wow, we get into a game. Maybe in the in the past we've been fingers crossed, well, I hope that thing goes in for us. But you know, it feels different. It feels different to have a kid like Sarah Scalia, who is such a high level elite shooter on your basketball team
0: well and I imagine nobody's more excited about that than Mackenzie. just like (laughs) the way that she's just gonna have more room to operate this year isn't she
2: yeah I think so you know I think one of the things we got to be very careful of and you know that's we've had officials probably uh come in more more in the last two or three weeks because I do think you know, with having the shooters that we have, it's easy to fall in love thinking that that three is such a is a great shot for us. And maybe in reality it is, you know, for some of those kids. But you also have to have, uh, you know, the 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 know how that, hey, when those things are falling, we still have an all-American post player on the inside. Um, and so I do think it has to be a combination of the two. We have to find great balance because we we know that we need McKenzie. Uh, and, um, but I do think you're absolutely right. Teams will have a a much more difficult time, um, now because of what, what we've added, you know, the pieces they're going to have to, they're going to have to really, um, uh, you know, be true to, to, you know, guarding those guys and not feeling like, well, you know, she's a 28% three point shooter. You know, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think, uh, all of those, the SIDS and the Sarahs are going to garner a lot of attention. Um, and then and then Grace has also, uh, you know, uh, worked on her, you know, she continues to obviously work on her consistency. And then a year ago, we saw Chloe really step in and yes. um, be a legitimate, you know, shot maker for us um, outside the arc. So, um, you know, we do feel like teams are going to have to play us honest. And I, I do think you're right. I, but But Mac will continue. Uh, to, to see yourself in double situations where kids, you just have to, um, you know, we have a practice squad that's made up of, of guys here, you know, uh, which are terrific, but, um, you know, she's still, you know, she's still a hard guard for them, you know, and these wow. are six, two, six, three men that are having a, a really hard time. And I think Mac has finally kind of come into her own. She's feeling healthy. She's feeling confident, you know, about her knee and. Um, She's still trying to work herself into shape, not that she's not in shape, but, you know, being on the assault bike, being on the verse is a lot different than being in preseason running up and down the floor. And so I do feel like every day Mac feels a little bit more comfortable. We've we've kept her in for, you know, intentionally in some of our scrimmages is because we're trying to help her, you know, gain some some cardio that she lost, um, you know, just from having to, to, to sit and not be as up and down as the rest of the guys.
1: Uh, there's so much I want to I want to ask you about, but since we're on Mac, you know, bad luck is part of sports. We talk about it all the time. I mean, luck plays into people winning championships and not winning championships. And last year, you ran into some bad luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, things were really clicking. The Big Ten championship was definitely in the crosshairs, uh, right. and then Mac gets hurt, and. And the team changed from that point out. And even when Mac came back, I think it's fair to say she wasn't hundred percent for the rest of the year. Um, but as a coach, I imagine you look at the bright side of things. Chloe really stepped up in the time that now, granted, she can't step up and fill the role that Mac was playing, but she got more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you see from Chloe last year, especially after the Mac injury, that helps you moving forward?
2: Well, you know, we had to make a decision um uh, as a staff, and I give our staff a lot of credit because we had to completely flip the script and play different differently. Yeah. um and you know we were so used to being able to play big ball now we had to play small ball and when what was that gonna look like for us? Uh, and we did feel like you know Chloe could could come in and um, provide you know uh, I, like you said it, um. Eric, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to replace 18 and 12 or whatever right. Mac was giving us, but, you know, she was, she was going to give us one, a high level defender because she is so great, uh, you know, on that side of the ball, but then you know, she does have the ability to knock down shots. Uh, she just hadn't had the the opportunity as far as the playing time, you know, to prove that night in and night out. But, um, you know, I think for her, and I said this to her, uh, you know, our group after Mac went down, that's just give somebody an opportunity, the KBs, the Keander Browns, and the Chloe Moore McNeils, oppor- you know, an opportunity to really get, you know, great experience. And um, and we knew that, um, you know, Mac was going to have surgery. Mac was, at some point, would be back. And we just we just hung on to the experience that Chloe and KB were getting was ultimately going to help us, you know, down the stretch. and um, And it did. You know, I don't think without Chloe... Uh, in the Big Ten tournament, you know, we, we beat, you know, some of those, we, we beat the Ohio States. There's no right. way, you know, if I think back to if, you know, just to take you guys back to that moment, uh, Alexa Gulbay was out. She, yeah. um, you know, she got really sick that morning at, at shoot around and we didn't know if we were happy, we would have her, she's back in the back with IV stuck in her just trying to get some fluids in her to make her feel better. And, you know, Chloe, Chloe is just, unbelievable, you know, in that semifinal game. And, um, and so, you know, I just think, and again, what's happened to Chloe now is, you know, she's had all this great playing experience. She had a great summer. She's healthy. Um, you know, she's found herself in that starting, you know, wing spot for us. And, um, and we just we count on her. She, her voice is stronger than ever in terms of uh, leading, you know, our, our new our newcomers. Uh, her work ethic has always been tre- tremendous. Uh, you can play her different positions. You know, you can play her on the ball, you can play her or at the point. You can play her off the ball. So you know, she really she really it's a great story, you know, because in the day and age of kids young players, uh, not getting the playing time instantly, right? That, that you expect when you enter college. She's, she's um, really um, been patient. She's uh, been patiently waiting, but while she's been waiting, she's been improving and getting better and showing up in the gym every day and working and all that. So I'm really proud of her just because, you know, you don't, you don't, there's not a lot of Chloe Moore McNeil stories out there. You know, kids are it's, it's a, it's too quick for them to bounce and say, Oh, I'm going to head out elsewhere. Instead. She's been really true to what we told her she could become here and has really been committed to just trying to get better and help her team and be a great teammate, but just be so coachable. And um, so I'm excited for her.
0: That's great. When you have a plethora of talent, like you do, I mean, it's now, you know, this is a good problem to have, but with the program you've built you you do have several players who are going to be coming off the bench who would be starting at other Big Ten programs. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you do you have to be like uh, aware of that, and do you have a way of of even speaking to those players and keeping them um, encouraged, uh, yeah. or, or is it something where it's sort of self evident to everybody as as to who should be starting, who should be coming off the
1: bench?
2: Well, I, Ward, I don't know that you can look at uh you know be in our practice right now and say that you know even though we 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 probably feel like as a staff right now we have six starters easy kids you know six of them that could easily be in the lineup and start for us and do well for us um but um it's a great problem to have but it is it can get a little dicey and i think for us what we've always tried to do is be great communicators with those kids um and reminding them, one, while they're here, why they're here, and that's to win and be a part of a winning program. And also reminding them that they all have a role to play in this. And even though Alyssa Gary, you know, started at Providence, that might not be the case here. But what she can do is she can come in off the bench and be that that four man or that five man, you know, something that backs up McKenzie because she's so she's six four, she's long um and just remind her again we need her in, you know to 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 well max out you know to not just hold serve but i mean contribute right we yeah. want her we want her thinking score we want her thinking protect the rim we want her to thinking just like um you know a, a a starter if you will would but you know for us it's just trying to to make sure that we are doing right you know at, at the end of the day we all want to be successful as as the 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 leader of this program. I got to make sure that we got the kids on the floor that are going to give us the best chance. And, uh, you know, some of those kids, it never happens. I mean, there's, there's 14 on this roster you guys know there's 200 minutes. It doesn't, it's the math is not going to add up, you know, to what everybody wants it to look like. Uh, but, um, you know, I think more than anything, it's, it's about uh, reminding them of why they're here, but also, reminding them of who they're becoming while they're here because it's hard it, it's it's yeah. really hard to you know be the best player whether you're a transfer whether you're a high school player and come into college and go wait a minute what i'm not i'm not starting and because they there there's experience there's just better and there maybe there's more talented players ahead of you but i think there's a great life lesson and all that and that's just you got to like chloe's like the grace burgers you got to keep your head down and you got to trust your staff you got to trust the process of getting better and sooner or later, your time's going to come um, where you're going to step on, step, you know, step in and, and perhaps be a starter or, or play, you know, the, the minutes that you want um, and con- contribute. But uh, at the end of the day, we all just want to win. And yeah. um, we're going to, we're going to play those guys that uh, give us the best chance and, in and, and and while we're at it, not forget about, you know, those other, you know, those, the, the role players or the players that have a role. Um, there's still a lot of value in that. And when they do get in, you got to remind them that these are real life minutes that you're getting. Maybe we're up by a lot, but they're real life minutes and experience that you're gaining right now. And um, and I hold their feet to the fire. I want them to, to, to look at that situation as uh, serious. And even though we're up, maybe 2530 these are these these are meaningful minutes for you right now that you're going to gain in experience and so those are the the messages that we try to send them
1: um a quick aside before i ask the the next real question i have but in the women's game in college you're allowed 14 scholarships right 15 15, 15. W- why Why is it different between the women's game and the men's game? Is there a reason for that? Well,
2: if you think about it, there's this thing called gender equity. Yeah. And and you have to, you have to, gender equity is it's broad. So you're thinking about all the, 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 uh, scholarships that go into men's football.
1: Oh, so it's, it's
2: it's accounted male athletics, uh, and female. And so. And
1: because there is no women's football, they have to spread out. The correct. to to equal it out okay correct. all right
2: correct but i will say this i mean there's been great debate um in women's basketball it, it's it's been on the table for us to discuss do we want to reduce that do we want to go yeah. to 13 like because doesn't
1: it cause you headaches too because I, I i get everything you just answered about keeping players encouraged but when right. you've got 14 15 people on scholarship 13 14 and 15 are not seeing significant real minutes and right. they probably in their minds think they should that's just got to be is, is that good for them and the teams
2: yeah and that's part of the challenge to be honest with you it, it really is it pains me that um you know they we can't provide them all with equal opportunity but that's not what right this is not, that's not what it is. And, and I remind them of that all the time. It's, it, it's just not, um, the best, well, it's not, it's,
0: it's not life not either.
2: It's not, you're absolutely right. And just because you do the work, right. You show up every day and you do the work and you think that you're doing what, you know, your coaches ask you, or your boss ask you, it still may not be enough, you know, for you. And, um, and so that's, that's the real challenge. And that's why you see, um, you know, the transfers, that's why, you know, everything, everything obviously is changing now with uh, the, you know, the one-time transfer rule and and kids bouncing so quickly because they can, they think they're going to find happiness, you know, at, at the next, the next place. And, um, you know, what, what I always say to our staff is like, whether there there's issues there or whether their talents, just not what it needs to be. That's all, it's all going to follow wherever they go. It's right. just that they think that,
1: you know, the grass is greener
2: absolutely and so it's it's a great challenge for us um and you know we get criticized as coaches that if we do have as players leave it must be the coach it must right. be the staff it must be they're mistreated and um you know that that's that's not the case in a lot of these situations it's and i get it i get the, they want to play i i get it i wanted to play too but um you know i was I didn't start till I was a junior and senior in college. You know, I had to wait my turn. That's why I'm so proud of the ones, like even Grace Berger you guys is fantastic and all American-ish as she is. I mean, she didn't start as a freshman. Right. 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 Um, And um, you know, so the stories of the Grace Bergers and the Chloe Moore McNeils, I just, I have so much respect for those kids that really, um, you know, really stick with it. And and, uh, and
1: it's the best part of college basketball is watching a kid as a fan from a fan's perspective. We've talked about this ad nauseum more than I on the podcast, watching someone go from a freshman to a senior right. is one of the great joys of being a fan because you yeah. get to follow their evolution. And, and it's funny what you said about Chloe, because <clears throat> we've gotten to know Chloe a little bit. Mm-hmm. We've done some NIL stuff with Chloe as well. Right. And, I've seen Chloe grow when you talk about her confidence growing mm. and her voice getting stronger. I see that in just the couple of years I've known Chloe in how she interacts with people, right. You know, and holding herself a little bit taller and not like falling into the shadows in a room. And, and you can just, you can even see it on social media. Like right. she's just more confident as a, as a young woman and growing into being a full adult and that's the joy of college basketball that the transfer portal and the, the one time transfer, no sit out has hurt, you know, that that's the shame of it. And I get all the reasons why it exists, right. but, but it does take away, I think a little bit from that piece of college basketball, mm-hmm. which is such a joy.
2: It is. And, and just imagine Eric, you get to watch it from a fan perspective. I get a front row seat from a, you know, a coach's perspective yeah. and, I mean, nothing gives me greater, uh, you know, I love the word joy, but greater joy when I get to see, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Alexa Gulbay, you know, she got, you know, was a four-year kid for us. And, um, uh, you know, Grace is going to be obviously a five-year kid, but in Chloe, I mean, when they get to the end, it's the wins and all of that is like, yeah, that's great. But the people that they're becoming is, is so much more impressive. I think, Yes. Uh, Because when they get here and the McKenzie's, I mean, I'll tell you, when Mac walked through that door, you know, four years ago, she's not the McKenzie Holmes that she was, you know, now that, you know, she was then and what a transformation she's made in so many ways. Um, it's, and it's such a cool, such a cool thing to watch and be a part of Yeah, it is. It's It's the the absolute best.
0: I, I know your job is never easy, but I do wonder at this point. With the culture you've established of hard work, uh, of winning, um, is there something that 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 is relieved and taken off your shoulder? Maybe you can focus to something else you haven't spent as much time on that's sort of self-sustaining when you have the likes of a Grace and a Mac coming back and Chloe coming back. Um, rather than needing to integrate the seven new players as hands-on as maybe you would have a few years ago. Are you starting to feel a bit of a, of a self-sustaining mechanism in place?
2: Yeah, I think we are, you know, I think. um, Obviously getting grace to come back, you know, not that we had to twist her arm, you know, but because she'd already made the decision of wanting to come back. That was huge though, when she made that decision, uh, you know, I think Mac or Mackenzie will be the same. I think Mac will choose to come back for her additional year. And, and and I don't know what Chloe will do. I hope she comes back. But um there is, you know, again, we we can talk about the pandemic in a in a negative way, all mm. you know, but from my perspective, the pandemic's one of the blessings out of that was that we get these kids, you know, we've gotten them all another extra year.
1: Yeah.
2: Year. Uh, which has paid big dividends for us, right? Because with the year, you know, they have more experience. Now they're more mature. Uh, and then you bring in, you know, because, you know, our, our freshmen are, are going to be great. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to, at some point, you know, inside of our, inside of this program, you know, they have to get better and they have to, you know, get some experience, but, you know, you want, you want to have vets in, in your program that are going to show those guys what it takes, what it looks like. What the culture? What the culture is about here? Uh, Because you can talk about it in the recruiting process. You can say, um, you know, as we would tell Lexi and Lily and Yarden and and Hannah, like you're an outlier if you don't want to be down there outside of practice time. Like you're gonna be, you're gonna feel really silly when you see all your teammates down there working because that's what the Ali Patbergs and the Brenna Wise, like they created this culture and it's worked for us. And if you're gonna be a part of us uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to love being down there, um, and, and working on your, on your, on your game. And, um, and so I think there's been a real positive, you know, I love it. Is your a sense of, um, you know, I think about this all the time, like when, when Grace made her decision, it feels a whole lot different when, you know, you know, from <laughs> year, year to year, who's coming back and who's going to be a part of your roster. Roster, and I felt that way with Nikki and, and Lex, you know, and Allie Patberg when she came back. Like, there's just a there's just a really great feeling of whether it's security, whether it's comfort, whether you know, uh, you know that they understand the expectations, and you know the the kids that you're going to be coaching every day, and you know their qualities of leadership and they're going to bring those other kids along and, and uh, you know, the best, and you've heard this before, I think Izzo says it all the time, you know, the best, uh, the best teams are the, the teams that are are, are are coached by their, their, you know, their peers or by their team or team led, yeah. right. Not coach led. And, um, and so we've, we've had an incredible locker room for the last, you know, three, four seasons. It's, it's obviously shown on the floor, I think. And, you want those guys those grace burgers and those mckinsey homes that are in your locker room every single day to be, to be delivering the message that you know that you know we're trying we we're we're trying to deliver every single day so they co-sign right and you want that you want yeah, that for sure. yeah. in your program
1: so i want to talk about your staff for a second cuz you mentioned sure. them before about how great the staff is and obviously you had a a, a change in the staff and you've got a new mm-hmm. staff member i want to talk about her in a second but as I was looking at the makeup of the team and, and following your team when commitments would come in, I think we're used to as fans knowing that like, oh yeah, our staff is really strong in the Southeast or our, fan, our, our staff is really good at the DMV area or right. we're really good in the state of Indiana. Just, not even focusing on the freshmen, but just on the transfers well, and the international players. Yeah, got to. You, you, have, you have gone to Oregon. To bring sydney back home you've gone to providence to get Alyssa geary you've gone to minnesota to get sarah and then you've gone to israel and <laughs> finland to bring in two freshmen as well as two out-of-state freshmen how in the world i mean you can't do this alone this is what it means to have a great staff you are literally covering the world and yeah. can you just talk about how that works like how yeah. is it that you have these contacts everywhere
2: I don't know that we have the contacts. I just think that we have the coaches, uh, especially, you know, take – and Ashley was a, you know, uh, Williams who left to go back to her alma mater. Now, she she was an integral part of, you know, getting Sarah Scalia here because she was obviously – and and Alyssa Gary and Sid, because she was still here at the time before she decided to leave. But I got to give a lot of credit to Box, you know, Coach Box and, and Coach Rhett, who you both, you know, both of you guys know. Yeah. Uh, and they're great. You know, uh, Rat has... Has uh, and we they all break up like I guess regions of the of the United States. Although Rhett has covered us internationally in his recruiting, Rhett, Rhett found Alexa Gulbay. You know, Rhett found uh, you know Henna. Although I will say that we got um, a phone call from a guy <laughs> from Fort Wayne, Indiana about uh, Yarden, and he had he he had done a training. She she came over to the United States. He trained her. Now, she has a sister that was at uh, Villanova. She left. Now she's at Oklahoma state. So there was some connection with the United States. And so this guy calls up box and was like, Hey, I think you should, you should take a look at this uh, gal from Israel. Her sister's played in the United States. And so we just started the uh, conversation and then started watching her and developed that relationship. And, um, you know Sarah Scalio would shoot when you when you almost get beat single handedly <laughs> by her and she's in the portal you, you you'd be crazy not to try to you know pick up the phone and, and get her to to think right. about you know coming to bloomington and so um, you know she's um she's very similar in personality to grace Berger and and I tell you that because I know you guys know grace in yeah. terms of you know how she is you know her her personality and
0: the Terminator.
2: The Terminator and and Sarah is very quiet. She's a she's an introvert, um, much like Grace. And so her recruiting didn't really, uh, even though it I'm, she got plenty of phone calls. But uh, you know, I, we might have been the only place that she visited. Um wow. And um, and so by the time she left here, um, and, and the great thing is, guys, is you can say what you want, and I and I can't even tell you how great Rhett and Box. Are, but your best recruiters are your players. And so when she gets to come to Bloomington and hang out with Mac and hang out with Grace and hang out with, you know, that's, that's where it's at. That's where you, these kids decide they want to be a part of, of not just, yeah, we're the figureheads, you know, they, that, but at the end of the day, they want to play. She wants to play with Grace. She wants to play with Mac. Yeah. She wants to play on a team. That's one
1: um uh, real, quick, list, coach, yeah. real quick coach real quick funny little story when ward and i were back i can't remember which time but we went to a soccer game mm-hmm. and a bunch of your players were there mac and chloe and ward had walked ahead and was like playing a prank on me like not telling me where he was <laughs> it so yeah. i like, really fun watching walk eric around. walk around <laughs> but but um i i walk by chloe and mac and mac you know, reaches out to me, Hey, and we start chatting and we somehow have a conversation about like the best cookies in town. And she, we're Mm -hmm. talking about crumble versus baked versus insomnia. And, and there's like this really fun conversation happening. And at some point in the conversation, it was like, yeah, we should go get cookies. And I'm like, yeah. And then (laughs) I realized as I'm walking away, I they're so magnetic and so cool and you want to hang around Mm -hmm. them. And then I realized I can't be hanging around with (laughs) 20 year old women's basketball players. That is not an appropriate thing for a 45 year old man to do. But my point is that they are the group of them. We saw them go to a a volleyball game together. Mm -hmm. There is such a cool camaraderie that exists on that team. I can understand when you say that your players are your best recruiters who wouldn't want to be a part of that right it's so cool just 45 year old men shouldn't be yeah i think yeah
2: and and you know you guys are you know i know you're a dad i mean they're so good with parents also and so imagine letting your daughter Dropping her off in Bloomington and going, all right. Who? Not only do you want her around, you know, great coaches and great people that are coaches, but you also want to know the group, the the group of women she's going to be around. And
1: great point.
2: They, you know, they will they will sit and talk with parents, and parents will ask them questions, and and I love it because I know one, they're going to be authentic, they're going to be truthful, they're you know, and so uh, we get obviously. I'm so lucky because I get all the the compliments about them but parents I mean they are just blown away by how accessible they are how friendly they are how they'll just sit and they'll talk and they want to they want to a- answer questions you know because you have so many parents that you know there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of stress that comes with the recruiting process and they want to make sure their kids making the right decision they want to make sure that they're around the right kinds of kids and so they make it really they make it easy um, and they, 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 they certainly are helpful. But um, but that's how the recruiting it's it's funny. I mean, listen, Gary, um, uh, our young lady from Providence, she she grew up, you know, one of her dream schools was Indiana. Really? Uh, and um, and so things like that happen. You know, we we recruited obviously Lexi Barger from Michigan. She had all the Big Ten schools wanting her, but we re- just outlasted everybody. Uh, you know, with recruiting process. And then uh, Lily was an early sign from Minnesota. Uh, Hannah was again a kid that uh, Rhett, you know, uh, went over and watched. But that's kind of how it works. There's no there's no real recipe. There's nothing. Uh, we look at our, what we need and, um, you know, we're, we just are trying to be real intentional about, um, you know, the kids that we bring in because it's so easy to, to find a kid in the portal, for example, and go, wow, she is unbelievable. But man, you call the coach or you call her handlers or you call somebody, you know, and especially the the coach and they're like, she's, yeah, you you might want to think twice. Right. Wow. Um, And those are the kids that we have to make hard decisions on because we have such a great culture and, um, you know, we don't, we just don't feel like, um, you know, we have to make sacrifices. Now we can, we can still find uh, great high character kids that want to come in and be a part of what we're doing. So
0: on a side note, red is no dummy red is like let me let me get in on the european scouting uh, right. coach i need to get back over to europe again <laughs> the, the, the department's yeah. gonna cover that right okay right.
2: cool yeah um, so he just got yeah he just got back from greece not too long um... ago but uh and i said hey while you're at it you might want to take tip. that's his wife and he was like oh that's a great idea so yeah. Uh you know, I think he made he scored major, major points with his wife when he was able to take her to of all places, Greece.
1: So you'll know you'll you, you know you'll have problems when he'll be like, Yeah, I heard there's a great player in Tahiti. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I've, and apparently I gotta stay there a week because of right. something cultural. Yeah. I've got to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Coach, in in your time at IU, uh you've turned the program from the, the hunters into the hunted. Mm-hmm. And and this now isn't the first season you're going in with expectations, not only individual players with All-American, All-Big Ten accolade, uh, but of course the team as well. How how, if at all, have you sort of uh, adjusted your mindset, the team's mindset of of how to have that target on your back?
2: You know, I think. Um... We've actually, I think, Ward, we've navigated it pretty well the last couple of years because we feel like, you know, we were picked to win the big two years ago. Of course, we've been at the top, you know, last year, this year, same thing. I, th- I think it's it's, it's <laughs> when you have a kid like Grace Berger, your, your leader, right, that reminds you all the time, Coach, we haven't done nothing yet, right? Because <laughs> to, to her, it's about championships, Um yeah, I think there's there's a, a great appreciation for a kid like Grace that realizes um, that, yeah, we've we've we still have we still have a lot of work to do. And and, and no matter where we're picked, uh, how people view us, the pundits on the outside, in the Big Ten, across the United States country, uh, where we were picked in the poll or this and that. I don't think that changes who we are. It just never has um, I, you know, we've just always worked under the same, um, you know, that, uh, we're going to, we're going to do it because we're, 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 our, our hard work is going to be what sustains, you know, this program is going to be what we're going to be about. But we also are, are the ones that have this, and you've heard me say it before, this invisible chip that we, that we, we, we walk around here with that we're still trying to prove that we belong. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I like that. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it's something that has, has probably um, been good for me in terms of my coaching career. You know, I've always been that person, like, you know, there's still so much more I have to learn so much more I have to do. I got to work that much harder Um and, and, and I think of, as I've grown older now, I don't have, it's it's different for me, you know, um, the, the winning piece of it. But I think for those young kids, because we talk about it so much that hey, the only way this happens is if we continue to do what we're, we do. And that's put our head down and come to work every day. Um, and it seems, sounds so simple, but not getting caught up in what people, you know, their expectations of what they think we should, should be, and should do. I mean, we, we understand, we want to win. We want to win. We want to win a big 10 championship. You know, we want to get to a final four. Those are all things that happen inside Mm -hmm. your locker room, inside your meeting rooms, you know, the intimate moments that you have and you share with your players. Um, You know, we, we have, you know, we know what we want to accomplish. It's um, just making sure that we're managing all the noise on the outside. It's like, And I think Alan says it the best. You know, it's like earmuffs and blinders. You just keep your head down and you just keep focusing on what's ahead and not get caught up in what other people, fans, parents, you know, think you should be doing. So, (laughs) people like
0: us.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Uh, You know, as, and again, you, as I've said, you know, the pressure is a privilege. And I tell those kids that all the time. You know, wouldn't you much rather have this pressure of winning than, them talk not either well maybe not talking about you at all right you know? and totally. so we don't want to be that program either we want we want to you know we want there to be you know some noise but we as a group need to make sure that we're managing that noise and realizing that we just got to keep doing what we're doing because uh we feel like there's evidence you know to prove that some of the things and a lot of the things that we have been doing are working for us
1: yeah. um you mentioned, you know, your Achilles heel, the last couple seasons was, was um, three point shooting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and clearly you made a concerted effort this year, probably more than any other time you've been here and you're, and you're now going into ninth season to fix that with the players that you brought in. And I think it would be fair to say that if there is a one a or one B Achilles heel, it would be depth the last few years, you know, uh, and you may not have needed it as much with the workhorses right. that you had, but, but you have fixed that on an individual level you talked about as a coach that you still think you have so much to learn. And I'm curious from a basketball junkie standpoint, Mm -hmm. are there teams out there or things that you're watching in just the basketball world as a whole that you're like, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I want to see if we can incorporate some of that. And I could be WNBA, NBA international. Is there anything like that that you've been like looking at and studying and thinking, I like elements of that.
2: Yeah, no, I love the way I had had, um, what Becky Hammond was doing at Vegas. You know, when you have a kid like, uh, you know, some of the the shooters that she has, some of those actions. Yeah. um, We've really been trying. I mean, we have to make sure. And again, uh, there has to be a balance. We have to make sure that we include Mac in all of this as well. But because of the, the pieces, you can have a lot of fun when you have kids that can shoot it, you know, there's Amazing. a lot of different actions. Of course, you know, you, you want to spread the floor out and give our kids opportunities to have some freedom and not, you know, I never have wanted them to feel robotic in nature and, you know, in that sense, either I want them to be able to play to their strengths, but, um, you know, our spacing is something in our, inside of our offense that we've really tried to work on the last couple of years uh, uh, in terms of sharing being able to share the ball being able to look pretty um with our spacing with our passing our ability to pass making the right decisions and so forth. And so some of that has been, you know, box is, ha- is a, is a, is a pro guy. He watches every, everything, you know, with the, the, MBA NBA uh, major big time golden state fan, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, you know, and then Rhett watches the NBA of course, as, as, well, I think we're all try to be, we all try to be students of the game. And so Um, you know, every, every morning at 10 o'clock, we have a staff meeting and we're talking about, okay, how can we get an easier shot for Mac at the end of the shot clock? How can we get Sarah involved in maybe coming off of, uh, not just, you know, easy double staggers, but where she's, she's the screener and then receiving a screen. Mm. Um, and so we try to break it down, but I've, I've loved what, um, uh, you know some of the stuff, and I have to believe that what Becky is running at Vegas is a lot of stuff that she learned probably in San Antonio from with Pop
1: Popovich, yeah.
2: The, the, those pro <laughs> sets, um, and so um, you know every time I could watch them, find them on on uh, TV, I would you know have my notebook out, or you know we have synergy, we can go back and say, God, I love that action they just ran for for uh, um, you know some of some of her her players, so. That's Um, awesome. You know, so yeah, I I do think, I just think if you're, if you think you got it all figured out, you know, (laughs) you're easily going to be humbled in this, in this profession because you, you just, you know, and I love that piece of it. I love to, uh, to figure out how I can find actions for our players. That's going to give them the best way to our easiest, you know, uh, way to score, or uh, I want to make us harder to guard
1: yeah yeah but really
2: that's what it comes down to you know um but also there's this level of freedom that I want to give our players because I think that they enjoy that piece of it like just let us kind of pin our ears back and go play every well I day. remember
1: go. when we talked to Allie and Grace over the last couple of years they said that and not trying to give anything away here but they told us so yeah <laughs> um but that you 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 do have this strategy I can't remember what the exact thing is but like get the ball and run and if you can get a shot within the first like eight seconds of the shot clock, right go for it because the defense is on their heels and you can take advantage of a mismatch and they're not set so but that's all freedom basically at that point right
2: yes no doubt Mm -hmm. and
1: then you reset (laughs) and and call an action
2: well we hope that um by the time that we they have the first eight seconds and let's say they haven't scored on a uh a normal hit ahead or we call them bailouts like a secondary option then it's going to flow right into our motion so we don't want there to be a stoppage in play we want it. it to flow right into uh you know we talk about in our motion depending on uh and we look at our motion a couple different ways uh if we're going to try to get a piece of the paint then we're going to try to get paint touches and so the only way you can get a paint touch is you know, just penetrating, get to the paint, draw two defenders, try to kick that thing and keep it moving, keep the ball popping. Um, the other thing we'll run inside of our motion is we call it pound, pound the post, which means, all right, we're not going to, we're not going to put it on the floor, but we're going to pass. We're going to cut with the idea of getting the ball inside to max. So it's like a four out one in, but we know we're we're intentionally looking for max opportunity to watch the ball move and then duck in and, and get a post-up. And so, awesome. and our kids have gotten better with that, but it does, it gives them an opportunity. And it sometimes, trust me, it, it does not look pretty. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's been a lot of, lot of practices where I'm like, wow, can we do this? Can we pull it off? I think we can, but we just, you know, it was the last two, two years, guys, I'm going to be honest, have been really easy because with Allie Patbergs and the Nickies and the you know, it wasn't like we were ever on autopilot. I don't want to paint that picture, but.
1: No, the, quite the, the stuff, opposite.
2: Right. But some of the stuff that we were able to do offensively was because they were out there just being ball players, And mm. um, and I loved that. I loved watching that. Now it's funny because we will, as we're, we're instilling some of the stuff that we're going to use this year that we used a year ago, we'll watch film with our, our current team. And we'll be like, look, this is what it should look like from a year ago. And you're like back there going, my God, they made it look so easy, right? Wow. And it looks yeah. so good, and it looks so beautiful and pretty. It was pretty basketball. And so I am optimistic. Op- optimistic, we're going to get there. But um, like I said, it's just going to it's, it's going to take um, it's going to take uh, a few more practices and maybe a, a couple games to to get us in that kind of rhythm and pace.
0: Well, it's great that when you can go back and look at your your own film to reference what you want the yeah. team to look like. And I would say, for me, that's like the signature of your teams these last few years. They're just so fun to watch. I mean, the winning part makes it like a nice, <laughs> oh, this whole thing was fun. But it's right. really such a joy to see the movement, to see the spacing. And now to add even more firepower from the outside, it's tantalizing. Um, to to take it off the court. Um, I, just one more thing. I thinking about uh, you and Grace and Mac going up to Minnesota for the Big <laughs> Ten media day, and um, I, I do wonder on like a personal level. And and you know this is the last go around with Grace. Hopefully, you know there's another one with Mac. But what what does it mean to you personally, because I'm sure on a normal road trip, boy, it's like, you know, you're taking the, the circus on the road and there's just so much going on. But when it's it's more intimate and it's going to just do a, a little scrum with the media, essentially, and you have that time together. Mm-hmm. What, what's that like as a, as yeah. not just the coach and players, but on a real human level?
2: Yeah, I I think the you know the, for me um, Ward it's just it's knowing as soon as we stepped on that plane that they were once we got to Minnesota that they were going to represent us in you know such a a first class manner and they were going to hit it out of the park I mean there was no no doubt that um, just how they carry themselves how they handle themselves uh, how uh, articulate and well you know the well spoken they are and how they uh, always make it about the team and never about themselves. But, you know, we we had, um, you know, a nice – got to have a nice dinner with them. And so anytime we get a – you know, I have those moments with them where it, it's less about ball and more about life. And, um, you know, they're always really – it's always a very special. It's one of those, um, you know, take a picture moment, like snapshot. Like I, I I'm really enjoying this moment being with these guys. Uh, because again, you know, we can say what we want about, uh, Grace Berger being quiet. She has a wicked sense of humor. She's very funny. Um, and then, you know, Mac is Mac. Mac is, is, uh, you know, always going to be, uh, you know, the one at, a, at the party that's going to be right in the thick of things, you know, talking and having a good time. And so, although personality is different, both very, um, very fun to hang out with, very fun to be around. Um, but, uh, I, I think they have an appreciation for, um, the opportunity to play. I think they have a greater appreciation for an opportunity to play at Indiana. And, and that's what I, you know, I love so much is that they love this place. They are, they are all about Indiana, Indiana Hoosiers, Indiana basketball. And, you um, know, I, I love that. Um, and that's, that's what, you, that's what you hope, right. Is when you recruit them that you get to watch them grow, but you also get to have moments like that where it's, you just get to hang out with them and, 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 you know, they're, they're all, both of them are office watchers as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about our favorite episode. Grace obviously just got her little puppy Walnut. So we have a lot of dog, dog conversations. Cause I have to, my,
0: my you know, dog, so it's, my, my dog Dundee, I've told you this, right. Or I told yeah. maybe, okay. I was like, I know no, at told, least I told yeah. one or two of yeah. you, <clears throat> she, I, I re, I should have brought her in. She wanted to come in here with me. I'm like, no, we're talking to coach. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, I mean, but those are the types of things and what's going on, you know, and, and of course, you know, we always talk about, you know, the big 10 and, you know, uh, you know, certain teams and, you know, they all have them, right. They, there's certain teams that they hate There's certain teams. Oh, they're, they're, they're cool, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I always find it funny to ask them about things of that nature too. Like, yeah. Hey, so what's your favorite place to play? Like, who do you hate the most? Right. And so, we have conversations like that because I don't I don't have those opportunities often when it's just, you know, we're sitting around and there's we're not prepper, we're not prepping or we're not thinking about, you know, the next opponent. So great kids, though. Great representatives of Indiana. I know you guys, the two of you are super proud of, you know, oh,
1: who they are. Love them. Love them. Yeah. I mean, just uh, I, I, I cannot. I could not be more excited that this is the IU women's basketball program. Like I just, everything about it makes me happy and fills me with joy, including, and I want to put the spotlight directly on you here. You got to be Mm -hmm. selfish here for a minute. I mentioned it in the intro, but unless something weird happens, you're going to set the all time winning record at Indiana women's basketball this season. Uh, Does that mean anything to you? Do you think about that at all? And can I send you a special cigar for you and your dad (laughs) for when that game happens?
2: The first uh, answer to your question is no, I don't, I never think about any of that stuff. Um, And the second, the second answer to your question is absolutely. You can send my father and I any cigar that you want to (laughs)
0: see.
2: Any, Hey, any opportunity that we have to, or occasion. um, We we still need to do that. We need to take you up on going to see more.
1: And the four of us. Yep. You
2: got to do yep. it. Yep. Or you guys can just come here to Bloomington and I have a nice little back porch. And it, well, oh, it doesn't Let's matter do it. if it's December or January, you guys. If, not, if, uh,
1: Yeah. No, been... Neither. Eric, not not think... to us either. Not to yeah. us either.
2: <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact, I think my sister sent you a picture and it might've been January. She sent you a picture of my father and I. And yes. Were...
1: I loved it. I yeah. Love uh, it. No, Ward know... and I are great at the cult.
0: We're great in... at <laughs> <laughs> if if it just doesn't time out this year, though, we'll we'll get there in the spring you for can. sure.
2: He'll 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 still. Yeah, he'll, he'll uh, smoke a cigar with you. Good. You good men. Anytime you come. All right. Early.
1: So but but going back, I get that you don't think about it, but I'm bringing it up. It's got to mean, I mean, look, you're going into your ninth year. You've been coaching for 19 seasons. You know, after this next year or so, more than half your coaching career will be at Indiana. This is your home. Yeah, And and you have gone from a program, let's be honest, that was in a little bit of, of, well, historic shambles, because it just never was that good. And you took over at a really difficult time when yeah. things weren't great. And now here you are about to set the record. What does that mean to you?
2: Um, I, I, it just means that we're doing things the right way. It means that I have the right people around me. Uh, from a staff perspective, that means we're getting the right kinds of kids. Um, I think when we first got here, it was more about, you know, trying to find uh, the best uh, kids that we could find that were talented, but maybe, you know, we sacrificed a little bit in the character uh, mm. area. <clears throat> and so you had we, to. we, yeah, so we stopped doing that. We stopped doing that and focused more on the kids that were going to fit our our personality as a staff and our work ethic as a staff and and we just tried to paint a vision of what this place could become if we could find the right players and then you know certainly you know Tyra and Amanda Kay Hill we didn't recruit them but they certainly you know started you know s- generated some some early momentum for us and then you know, here comes Ali Patberg and Brenna Wise, and then that led to Alexa Goulbay, and now it's, it's, it's taken off, and it is, you know, we're to a different place in terms of our personnel and our players and and winning and, and all of that, um, but to say that we've changed, we haven't changed anything in terms of our approach, what we say to kids, how we recruit kids, um, um, and, and that's what I love about it. I love the fact that we haven't changed as uh, our expectations, but we haven't changed the, um, you know, the way we thought we could build it. We, we just, we just haven't. And, um, and we still work under this, you know, as box would tell us, Hey, all we got to do is get to, you know, a sweet 16 and a lead eight and maybe recruiting, you know, we'll gain. And we have, but it's still super hard. It's still yeah. super hard to get those, best players, in, you know, in the country to, to, uh, and not that we're not in conversations with them, but you know, there's a lot of other great women's basketball programs and choices that they have. Uh, but the one thing that I'm most proud of is that we haven't, um, we haven't lowered our, 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 uh, you know, <laughs> um,
1: your standards.
2: Exactly. We have not lowered our standards for who we will invite into this family, Mm. Um, and that's what's that's what's made it work. Is
0: I love that. Yeah. I mean, you have present company present company
1: exclusive. Yeah, I mean, you have lowered your standards (laughs) tremendously for who you're willing to talk to on a podcast, but other than that, (laughs) you've kept them pretty high.
2: Yeah, we have.
1: Um, well, coach, listen, we always appreciate talking to you. We love you, we love the program, yeah. we love your players. We can't wait to be back in Bloomington soon to see you play. The season's right around the corner, and we will be smoking cigars for every one of your wins. Yay. And yeah. there's going to be a lot of them. <laughs> so, good luck to you, good luck to the Thank team. I can't wait to see you in person.
2: You too, guys. You take care. Thank you. That was a guest. That was
0: a guest.
1: What's my line I always say? Just love her, just love, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything Coach Morin would ask you to do, you'd be like, yes, as long as I can be around you, coach, I would do it. I I love everything about her. I love how she talks. I love how thoughtful she is. Um, I love this like... There is this confidence to her that is so easy. I'll call it an easy confidence. You know, it's not in your face. It's not braggadocious. It's just, she's very confident in what she is and who she is and what they have built. And there is no better line than we will not lower the standards for who we invite to be part of this family. I mean, that is awesome. It is, it is. And when, you know, we,
0: we spend so much time like being like, oh, with the with the men's team of like to get to this place. And like clearly Kelvin Sampson's one of the best basketball coaches on Earth, but he didn't have standards on the kind he of he was
1: willing to sacrifice character.
0: Yeah. And and that um, for for a, a coach to be able to manifest her own ideal program and the confidence you speak of. Well, I think it's gotta be in there uh, from birth, from upbringing, from, from life experience that in early days, when you're navigating a program with no history to draw upon um, and even maybe having to navigate some, some less than ideal candidates for your program, but to just have that vision and the confidence to convey that vision season in and season out until now it's a reality and you've been living it for several seasons and we all benefit from it. Yeah. And and I do it it would be interesting to go back and and interview Coach Morin as she's arriving, fresh faced at IU, taking over the program. And it is because I feel like every time we've talked to her, that's the exact same person on the podcast in real life. That's who yeah, she is. Yeah and, yeah. and I would suspect that's pretty much exactly who we would have had day one when she was on the job. And, and it, it ultimately manifested now in what this program is, but there is also like, gosh, though, after seeing it work, does it add just a little, a little extra swag in your swagger? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you're right. I can't compare it to what she was when she first, walked in here. But what, what is interesting is I was looking at her overall career, and clearly, her overall career is successful. I mean, she's got she's 371 and 219 overall. But if you take Indiana out of that, right, she's like a, um, she's like 200 and 130 or something like that. Her record before Indiana was nowhere near as good as her record at Indiana you know, uh, at Indiana State and uh, and other places. Got to give Fred Glass a lot of credit for bringing her in. True. But something clicked here that we always hear about fit, that the fit's got to be right, and the mm-hmm. fit clearly was right here. And, and, and she has not gone without um, obstacles and criticism. You know, there were a lot of transfers early on, a lot, and there still have been some in the last few years. Less than there were before as the program has become more self-sustaining, as you've talked about. And as they've gotten more targeted on what's right for this program, but she had to suffer through that stuff. She had to suffer through why can't you recruit the state of Indiana stuff, which is still, by the way, they just got a big commitment a couple months ago from somebody in the class of 2024. I mean, recruiting is rolling for them in a way that it has not before. Um, Well, and it's so it's like uh, the analogy of a rocket ship taking
0: off it takes the most energy as it's leaving the platform and the higher it gets the easier it becomes and you have to be so dedicated and so good at what you do on and off the court to get up into orbit if you will and now it feels like the program has gotten into this top 15 orbit, which whether it's recruiting the state of Indiana or Oregon or Tahiti, like we're like I, I'm and clearly this is not a program starting with the head coach all the way down um to the players that's gonna let its foot off the gas. No.
1: So no, when their you,
0: motto is do the work. Yeah. So when you're able to launch yourself off the pad and into orbit and then just keep that mentality. It's like, uh, how can you not feel extremely confident that as long as Coach Moran is in that office, this is going to be a national program?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that there are levels to everything, and she's clearly gotten us to a really high level. But she mentioned it, what Grace talks about. She's got one big hurdle to get over. She's got to win a championship. Like, mm-hmm. that's the next level. It's great to be ranked 11th preseason. It's great to be thought of as the favorite to win the Big Ten. And, look, I think we would have won the Big Ten last year had it not been for the injury to yeah. Mac, or at least would have been right there. I mean, Iowa is really good, by the way. I mean, they've got the best player in the country, perhaps. That's that's one of those teams I hate. I totally hate them. Yeah. I totally hate them. They're like Darth Vader of the Big Ten right now. Yeah. And that the way that woman plays, I hate. Like, she's really good caitlin clark i think is her name she's really
0: good but i knew i knew coach wouldn't give any bulletin board material out there but i wanted to be like okay so what what teams i'm like i'm sure iowa
1: was one and like when we did the nil thing with the graduate with mac and and chloe and grace the the consensus was at least before we did that was maryland Mm, like maryland which had been kind of the big bad in the in the conference and so beating Maryland was like very satisfying for this team you know and clearly Purdue just they haven't just they just haven't been that good yeah love Um, it. although they're although they're that coach has them coming on those games are going to be intense games but we got to win a championship now like that's what's next for Mm -hmm. this program and they've got a chance this year I mean they got a lot of talent and I can't wait to watch them I mean my god we're on this is the best. We're we're just moments away it seems from Indiana men's basketball, Indiana women's basketball, men's basketball, women's basketball. For the next several months, it's the best time of the year.
0: I mean, has has there there can't have been a time where both the men and women's program were preseason top 15? No.
1: No. Never. That's incredible.
0: That's fantastic
1: yeah. news. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's one of only four programs. I think that I saw in the country that has men and women's team ranked in the top 25. uh, This year,
0: you know, that's exactly where Indiana basketball should be.
1: Yeah. It never made sense that women's basketball was bad in the state of Indiana because women grow up playing basketball too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And the truth is like, and there are great players in the state of Indiana. They have gone elsewhere. We got one of them back in Sydney Parish, you know, which is a huge, huge thing for this program. We got another one that committed. I think from, I might be mistaken, but I think from Indian Creek High School, which is where oh, Mandy right. did her student teaching. Ah, way. I uh-huh. used to go to high school basketball games in the pit at Indian Creek in Trafalgar, Indiana. I <laughs> loved it on Friday nights. That was the best. To your um, point of going elsewhere, it's like I,
0: I think it's also. Something to comment on the game of basketball g- globally. You know that lucky red is bopping around the Greek the Greek islands recruiting players. That this is where women's sports are now, particularly basketball internationally, and that boy, we always want to get the best from Indiana, and and that's that's happening now too. But to be able to do that and cherry pick from around the globe this is this is how you have one of the best programs in the country and and you talk about luck and injuries and what's what's your your matchup your bracket in the tournament we know how much luck plays into all of that stuff so how do you end up winning championships we'll get get yourself in a good seed every year right and eventually the breaks will fall your way so and and, that's and you host where-
1: two games top three seeds host two games at home so you want to get into the sweet 16 be a top three seed yeah. regular that is that is a huge advantage on the women's side especially in indiana where we draw really good crowds now and you know what a uh, two two quick things as a jew <laughs> Yarden. I am so excited about for so many reasons from Israel, not just because of being a Jew, but here's what I will tell you. She goes into the pamphlet of great Jewish athletes. Oh, she's in the hall of fame already. (laughs) (laughs) It's a small group, but growing up as a Jewish basketball player, and I played in Jewish youth leagues as a kid. I played in Jewish Olympics called the, the Maccabee games or the Maccabi games that we would play like in national tournaments. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Went to Baltimore to play in a national tournament, went to Cleveland. And Israel has always had really good basketball. Like, if you look at international teams, Israel's international team, they're really good. Like, a lot of American players who can't, you know, quite make the NBA, they have played for the Israeli team. And Israel always has really good basketball players. They're always really smart. They're always more athletic than you think they should be. Uh And so when I found out that we were recruiting Yarden, I was like, I don't need to know anything about her. She (laughs) plays in Israel. She's awesome. Um, Let
0: me ask you this. Who is the greatest Jewish basketball player of all time?
1: I should know that off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? I'm gonna have to get back to you on that one. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I mean, Don Schlunt sounds like he should be Jewish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do. do re- I do think in Cook Hall he is wearing a yarmulke in that
1: picture. <laughs> well, do you remember there was a player when we were? I can't remember if it was when we were in college or right before. There was a player from Minnesota. I think his name was Sam Jacobson, who Don't was awesome, and an Orthodox Jew, and couldn't play on Friday nights or Saturday afternoons.
0: Oh, crazy.
1: And he was like the best player on their team or one of the best players on their team. Are you looking up best Jewish basketball players? I would say just in my initial look, it's Sue Bird. I didn't know Sue Bird was
0: Jewish. You learn something new every day. Um, Let me see. Okay, here we go. Jordan Farmar of the Lakers. Okay. Yeah, he was good. Omri Caspi of the Kings. i remember never heard of him. Um, Max Zaslavsky. Nope. He he was uh, on the Chicago Stags uh, of the nineteen. 1940- God, this list got bad quick. <laughs> Ernie Grunfield. <laughs> oh,
1: no, wait, no, oh, no, from the Knicks.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ra- Rudy LaRusso. Oh, yeah, yeah, which sounds like he should be Jew, uh, Italian. Yeah, LaRusso. totally. Maybe mixed heritage. Art Heyman definitely looks like a peer of Don Schlund. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, Amari Stoudemire. I yes. don't think that counts. converted, Converted and a slightly different kind of Jewish. And then the number one all time.
1: I mean, who doesn't love Dolph Shays? Yes, Dolph Shays. Okay. You know what's funny? When I was saying Don Schlunt, I was going to say Dolph Shays sounds like he should be Jewish, but I'm glad that he is. Numero uno, baby. All right. So, But I want to make a serious point. How much time have you and I spent talking about Indiana recruiting, especially in the state of Indiana, but everywhere, when we say a 17-year-old kid does not know Indiana basketball as being even good, Mm -hmm. right? We talk about it all the time. A 17-year-old kid means that they really started paying attention when, what, they were eight or nine. So that's like 2014, and we've sucked. Like, we've sucked. We had one good year in there. One. Yeah. Women's basketball, where they have always struggled to recruit the top players from Indiana because their program has not been good. But if you're a 16-year-old kid now playing in the state of Indiana, when you were eight years old, that was Terry Morin's second year at Indiana. That was Tyra Buss and that team winning the women's NIT. That's Allie Patberg. And, um, and you know, Grace Berger and Brenna Wise going to the NCA tournament, going to the Elite Eight. I truly believe that over the next few years, you're going to see the top women in the state of Indiana come to Indiana more because we are the cool program for them and have been now for almost a decade. It took a couple of years. Well, that's huge. Lo- 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 almost, almost longer, I would
0: say. Only because of the conversation we had with Sid, where, oh, she still a couple of years ago elected to go to Oregon because there's Phil Knight sitting in the bleachers. And 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 but but now that she said it is cool to be at Indiana again. I mean, I think it takes a while for for the whole mindset of a whole country of young women to change and and that can only happen when you're rooting out historically a negative perception by the sustained success. So it's not even like two, three seasons of it and a good class uh, of women coming through and, and having some wins. It's like, Oh no, it's, it's, it's wave after wave, almost like, you know, several different iterations of, Oh, it's, it's not this special group of players. It is this coach and this program and this culture that makes it really a more of a a permanent shift where a player coming up can be like, no, I know Indiana is
1: going to be, I know it's cool to go there. And even with Sydney, you know, Sydney's 20 years old now, maybe. Oh, didn't she just turn 21? I think her birthday when we, when we interviewed her was her 21st birthday. That's right. Um, When Rhett started recruiting her in eighth grade, that was six years ago. That was before. Terry Moran had 7 years of consecutive 21 seasons. That was before we went to back-to-back Sweet 16s and even then we were right in that final group with Oregon who's a behemoth. Yeah. And 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 guess what? 2 years later we get her. So a a, a 10-year-old girl right now is being told Indiana's the cool program. Oh yeah. Right? And oh, she's yeah. going to grow up the next and she's going to go when she, she's 10 and she tells her parents she wants to go to a game and she's in Evansville or in Fort Wayne or wherever she may be, Indianapolis, they come down to watch Indiana play with 5, 6, 7,000 people in the stands against good teams and and winning. It's a different ball game in recruiting the state than it was the previous generations of Indiana women's basketball.
0: And then you mix in like the, the personability, the the just interpersonal skills of this coaching staff and how charismatic they are and with style of play, which we yes. hear a lot about. And you and you've and you've you've now you're checking all the boxes of how do you get the best players. And look, there's there, you know 20, 30 great players available every year coming out of high school. Not maybe quite so many at that sort of ceiling uh, in the transfer portal, but certainly some very, very good ones as as we've gotten into the program yeah, this I mean, year.
1: Sarah Scalia, I, I, I mean, she would be a top 10 player.
0: Yeah, so if you're looking at, at let's say, 30 or 40 major impact players uh, every cycle through both that you could potentially get in, well, probably at least half of them are not a good fit. So now, now you can start to focus in on the players who check all the boxes. And because you as a program check all the boxes, now you can really find the best players who are the best fit and have a great shot
1: at landing them. Totally agree. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But But uh, sometimes sometimes why? why? The season is upon us.
0: From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're well, Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics! Hoosier Hysterics!